Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. And on today's episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Martin Sanderson. Now, Martin is a property investor based up in the Preston area, and he's been doing some great stuff over the last couple of years. So what I want to do is interview Martin and find out what exactly he's up to, and maybe can help you get started or maybe get to scale in your property journey. So Martin, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Pleasure. So just for anyone who's listening in and thinking, who is Martin Sanderson? Um, tell us a little bit about you, maybe um, before property and what you were doing, and then I guess why you decided to take the plunge into property investing. Sure. Okay. So I grew up in the hospitality industry. I'd had a 20-year career, um, starting out at the bottom rung of the ladder and working through as head chef uh, and then into management beyond that. It was hard work, 70, 80 hours a week, long days, not seeing the kids grow up, all that sort of thing. Um, decided to go out on my own, still in the hospitality business. So I've been doing that five years now with our own uh, big award-winning site and a, a couple of extras now, which we've done through the help of yourself and your training. Uh, then 2019, September time, stumbled across your book, funnily enough, gave it a read, thought, this is pretty interesting. Came along, did the no money down course a couple of weeks later, and never looked back. Right, so lots to pick out in there. So when you say hospitality, I'm thinking hotels, um, it could be um, you know, restaurants, it could be pubs, whatever. So what specifically in did you do in hospitality and then when you said you went up and started to do it on your own was it this did you stick to the same stuff or did you change did you like used to work in maybe um hotels and then move into pubs or did you always do the same one what was it well it was always pubs working for big companies um however different styles of pubs so we did fam very family orientated with wacky warehouses more entry level in terms of the marketplace um then progressed through more premium dining sites uh, had one site that had a premier in, um, co-located with it. Also a site with a couple of meeting and conference rooms as well. And then where we are today, uh, we've got three. One is a, a craft ale bar, really small. We've got one big award-winning uh, restaurant, pub restaurant. And then we've got one small bistro as well. So we've we've changed, but we've kept mainly with the pub restaurant theme. Okay, so then you said you came across my Nominee Dan book. Um, had you been... Obviously, deciding to read the book, what was the thing that made you think, do you know what, I'm the moment maybe, you know, people say there was a moment that you thought, I want to make a change, I want to do something differently. And and was it that you wanted to give up pubs and just do property? Or did you think, no, I'm going to continue with the pubs, I always want to do that, but just want to add property on as well. So what was the thought process? Initially, it was building a legacy and realizing that, although our own business at that time, I only had the one pub and it was going well. However we had a lot of eggs in that one basket that was our only source of income yes it was great but what happened if something went wrong we didn't know that six months later we were going to be in lockdown and the whole world was going to end um maybe that was a bit of fortune in a way i'd dabbled in the past been an accidental landlord with my own home and then bought a new build off plan apartment in 2007 yeah. um which is kind of worth nothing because of the cladding crisis so having discovered your book thought now it's time to actually learn how to do it properly 
rather than messing about and yeah. messing it up. So for some people, they've like fallen out of love with their career and want to do something completely different. For you, it was still love your career, but want to add stuff on. Yeah, right. absolutely. Add stuff on and build a legacy. Uh, with the pub business, it's a leased site. So all we were working for was the profit. We weren't building a foundation. We weren't going to leave a legacy. So you don't own the building? No. Right. And then you said six months later, we're in crisis. So obviously 2019, I guess, you found a progressive? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then in the pub industry, March 2020, April 2020, we went into a lockdown and you were told you can't serve any more food or drink or whatever. What was that like for, for somebody in the pub industry? How, how difficult was that? Uh, it was horrendous at the beginning. Um, it was easier when we knew. The worst time was February sort of time when we were expecting a lockdown and people weren't coming out, but we'd still got staff, we'd still got to order, except we'd got empty buildings, excuse me, right across the industry. So that was a real challenge. For me, on the back of sort of getting into the main lockdown and knowing that actually we've got the furlough for the team so we could still look after our team we wouldn't have to let anyone go that gave me a few months to really focus on what i'd learned on on the no money down training and actually start to get a real plan to put it into action so in a way it was a blessing in disguise at the time it was scary but actually you know what with hindsight it worked well and i'd have never been able to have done the stuff that i've done in property without it really because I'd, I'd have just still been stuck on that hamster wheel a little bit yeah so it's a double-edged sword very much so okay so then you've got you've got the um pubs shut down you've got some time a lot of people would have gone the world's shut down everything's shut down i can't view a house the agents are closed down but you looked at it in a different way so what what approach did you take to finding deals uh, the first thing i did was as as you teach telling people what I was doing. So I actually did a lot of live videos sharing the knowledge that I'd learned, telling people what I was looking for, asking on my own Facebook page personally, you know, guys, do you know anyone who, who needs to sell the house? Um, the first couple of deals I got were people that I knew personally or, or through the world of Facebook. Yeah. So that was really good. And I used it to, to get my ducks in a row because it was very much start now, get perfect later at the beginning. Then I got some time. So we, we could structure it, we could go, actually, now we can get some business cards and we can we can get a website together and we can focus on making sure we, we do the live videos and all the other stuff that we weren't doing. So you focused very much on not, I need estate agents to find deals. You just went, I can find deals without agents. Absolutely. Yeah. I've only ever had one, two deals maybe from agents. Most of them are direct to vendor. A lot of them come through social media. Right. And you've said as well that you've managed to then go from one pub. So how long have you been in hospitality for how many years? 20. 20 years of which 14 was working for someone else and about um, six years up? At that point, 17 would have been working for someone else. 17 for someone else and about three, or three at the time yeah. by 2019. Yeah, we're in 2022, aren't we? We are, we so, are. So three at that time working for yourself and you'd managed to get one pub that was leased. That's now right. you're on three pubs? Now we're on three, yeah, three venues. So we actually used, uh, there was an old shop that had been on the market for ages uh, in a bit of an up and coming area of Preston, just outside the city centre. Um, and I just kind of thought, actually, you know what? I'd done lease options that I'd learnt on your trading. I'd done lease options on residential property and thought, actually, you know what? Shall we go and let's give it a go on this shop? Because we don't just want to rent it. Let's see. Yeah. So we went along, we put the offer. Um, we had to go through an agent for that one. 
um, and it was accepted. So in actual fact, you know, managed to use the no money down training to grow our hospitality business yeah. as well as our property business. So what's the, when you say you've secured a lease option on that property, what's the, um, what's the value of the building, I guess? The and value of what do you, what do you secured it for? Yeah. So the, the value of the building is 180,000. So we agreed 190, yeah. um, but in 10 years time, because we, they were looking to rent it on a 10 year lease anyway. Yeah. So we said, okay, you know, we, we got the valuation. We added 10 grand to it and said, okay, we'll give you the full rent, but we want the option to buy um, yeah. at the extra price. They went ahead and, and happy days for us. Awesome. So for anyone watching this thinking, what's a lease option or listening into this? Um, it's where you've got the right to buy something, but not the obligation to buy. Just like the lease on a car, you pay a small upfront payment to get the keys, a monthly payment every month to keep the keys and a final payment at the end to have the to purchase it. So you can purchase should you wish or walk away. Now, it's a great way to secure property in a market like today because 180 grand property, people are going to come in with offers around 180 grand. But if you can offer 190, you're going to buy it for more than their asking price, but you're buying it later, not today. So you don't have to come up with the money now. In fact, you can create the money to buy that building out of the profits from the pub. Absolutely. So it becomes a true no money down deal. The money is created before you ever buy it from the asset you've secured. So that's bloody awesome. Um, so you've managed to scale the pub business. You've managed to build a property business. And uh, what sort of property deals have you been working on? Just give me maybe one example where you can teach the audience about how you've secured a deal. And when you tell us about one deal, tell us about one first. And then I've got one I want to ask you about that went wrong. Because I think it's really important as well to also teach people about what could go wrong. So Absolutely. give us a one that went right first. Okay, so one that's really interesting, which you know about, is the one that was a tenant buyer that turned into a deal on their house. So I'll tell you about that one. Yeah. So back in, in lockdown times, when we were really looking to get our reach out there, I got a property secured on a lease option, and I was advertising for a tenant buyer to put in that property. Um, just after I'd arranged for somebody to move in, somebody contacted me wanting to view it. Of course, I had to say, I'm really, really sorry, but we've already got somebody for that one, but we'll keep you in mind. They happened to notice that I'd been saying in my videos that we're looking to buy more houses. So I said, well, actually, we want to move out of where we are anyway. Would you like to come and have a look at, at our house? Of course, well, no problem. So we went along, typical Victorian terraced house, two bedrooms, just outside Preston City Centre. Probable value, 85, 90 grams, that sort of figure. Um, but the, the lady who owned it, was in a bit of a sticky situation. So she got a couple of secured loans on it. Yeah. And she'd also got um, a reasonably small mortgage. In total, her outgoings were only about 200 pounds a month for all of that. But it meant that she owed about 80 grand on it. So if she was to sell it, even at full asking price, she wouldn't be able to move on. She couldn't, she couldn't go anywhere because she had no deposit to buy anywhere else. And all that she actually needed was seven grand after her legal fees. So what I agreed to do was give her the seven grand that she needed to move on and pay all her legal fees. We took over her mortgage and the secured loans. Um, we're paying those down. We've refurbished it and we rent that one out. So as a, as a simple single let, although at the moment we're thinking about possibly moving that to SA. So that was a real good win-win because she's got to move on. She, she sent me a lovely message saying thank you so much because there was no way she could sell that house in the traditional way and be able to go anywhere and get on with her life. And actually, 
I managed to buy it, only pay seven grand up front instead of a 25% deposit. And also, I'm only paying 200 quid a month. Wow. So, yeah. What's not to love? And that's one of the great things about these creative techniques is you're helping people as well as making money at the same time. And for anyone who's listening to this and you're thinking, you know, I, I can't buy property because I don't have a 25% deposit. You don't need it. You're thinking traditionally, you don't need a 25% deposit. When somebody sells a house, if they're selling a 200 grand house, they're not getting 200 grand. They're getting 200 grand less all of their debts. And in this scenario, to her her purchase her sale price less all of her debts gave her seven grand in cash if she sold it traditionally through the agent she might have had to pay out to leave because she would have got less money so it's helping people it get more from their property under a creative structured way now did you know or would you have been had did you number one did you know how to do this before you found progressive 2019 and number two is even if you did would you have had the confidence to do it uh, no and no to be fair, right. uh, I knew from the, of the back of doing your training, I had to go out and start doing it straight away. Otherwise, I'd have got back into the hospitality hamster wheel and I'd have never done anything with it. So I had to start practicing it straight away. Um, I also started telling a lot of people what I was doing and explaining the different creative ways. And that really instilled the knowledge in myself and also yeah. got me a lot more confident about doing it. So it's very much a, a bit of teach to learn in there as well. Yeah. And obviously that allowed me to, to scale to, to where we are today. And how important is networking being, uh, and people always talk about, you know, your network is your net worth. How, how important has it been in terms of networking? How often do you network? for? And for people who are maybe a bit shy around networking, what advice would you give them? Okay, well, first of all, networking has been absolutely crucial. And I learned that in a big way since coming to Progressive. Uh, as you know, we've just started the Progressive Property Network in Preston uh, ourselves. So networking was so beneficial to us. We were like, hang on a minute, there isn't one anymore in our area. Let's let's go and do one. So it's absolutely crucial. The first time you do it, you, you're a little bit nervous, or I was, because I was thinking, well, I'm brand new, and the only time I've done property... I bought a new build-off plan apartment in 2007 that's got dodgy landing that's worth nothing. So, I mean, that's pretty, you know, it's a pretty epic place to start from. And I thought, you know, how am I going to explain this to people? So I just started telling people about what I've been doing, documenting uh, my own journey on social media as well, connecting with a lot of people, joined your mastermind, which meant I was down here a lot more, started coming even to a lot of the taster days, the discovery days, even if I'd already done the course, which I've done quite a lot of them now, as you know, I'd still come down for some of the taste days because it's great networking with other property people, you know, and you're always bumping into somebody who you can share a problem or an idea with, and you're always learning. And you mentioned there, the Progressive Property Network in Preston. So for anyone who's listening in that area, um, when is that? So what day of the month do you it's, hold it on? It's the second Wednesday of every month, and that's at 6.30 p.m., and it's at Ribby Hall Village. If you search PPM Preston and Filed, on google you'll be able to find the link join the facebook page and you'll be able to jump on and grab a ticket guys we had dan eaton who you will know very well yep. um did our first event last month we got some great speakers lined up coming up and it's just great to give a little bit back because i got so much out of networking that actually it allows us to give a bit back to the community and add some value to people in our area okay so you're building your property business um are you doing it alone have you got jv partner um are you looking are you working with more than one person how how's it all happened okay so some is just me 
so we've got multiple companies doing different things. So I've I've got a bit of a diverse portfolio. Um, done BRRs into nice HMOs, so more more premium level, um, single lets, tenant buyers. Got some rent to rent SA. Um, that's in my own. Um, then I've got other people. So I work really well with, uh, really closely with Dave Jenkins, who's got a really good SA management company. So we've actually set up a development company to do some commercial conversions. We've just put our first offer in uh, yesterday that we're hoping to hear back on today. So fingers crossed on that. It's to convert an old bank into eight apartments, yeah. which will then, Dave will manage as SA and will hold them. Um, and then we're, we're always looking for other people to work with. As we get bigger projects, then obviously we need to bring more people on board and, and widen our network even more. All right. So you walked in the door of Progressive in middle of 2019. We're now in sort of the start of 2022. So we're looking at 2020, 2021, two and a bit years, two and a half-ish years. And we've had a global pandemic in the meantime. If, if I said to you the day you walked in day one in 2019 that you'd be doing the things you're doing today, and you'd have the diverse portfolio you have today, what would you have said to me? I'd have just laughed at you, to be fair. I'd have thought, you know, this this, this guy's crazier than he looks, and with a shirt like that, it certainly looks pretty crazy. With a shirt like this, what about what, what, about what you're wearing? I mean, yeah. right, tell us a little bit about the shirt. So the shirt just came from going to, the shirts came a lot from networking events. It was dead simple. Most people, you know, it's trousers and a, a white shirt or something. And you don't necessarily stand out. And being memorable is really important in networking. So everybody knows you and the progressive team for the stripes. And I just thought, you know what? I quite like a crazy shirt anyway. So that's just going to be the thing. So that was it. I love having him on the podcast. Here's why. And on YouTube, if it's going out on YouTube, because if anybody's watching this, you'd see it on YouTube. Anyone on the podcast, we have got Progressive Property YouTube channel. So make sure you, you head over there and take a look at his shirt if you're listening to this. Because I get so much abuse on social media about my shirts. This time, I know he's getting all the abuse. <laughs> I can just sit back and relax. So back to the, you, you'd have laughed at me uh, if I told you what, if, you, if I said you'd be where you are today in a couple of years. What would you say to anyone who's at home thinking, that's great for him. I'm not sure I can. Can I get similar results? Do you know what? Anyone can. I mean, I did not come from a privileged background. I, I joke. I won't say exactly where I was from, but it was a big council estate in Preston. I don't want to offend anybody that's that's in that area. Uh, and I joked and said it's the sort of area where half the people who live there dreamed of owning their own houses and the other half dreamed of burgling it when they did. So that was the sort of background that I came from, you know, with that single disabled parent. We didn't even have carpets on the floor. You know, that's why I started out as a pot washer at the bottom rung of hospitality and had to work my way up. Uh, I left school at 13 years old. I didn't take any GCSEs. And I'm sat here talking to you about growing a property business. Now, I couldn't have done that. And, and I've told you this on a one-to-one -one basis before um, without what you've taught me in the sport and it's been absolutely fantastic and i'm forever grateful but if i can do it then come on nobody out there has got an excuse for not doing it if i can do it anybody can and and people say that all the time don't they oh well you know anyone can do it if i can but come on zero gcses you know no money whatsoever mama had seven pound a week after she paid the bills to feed us on and I can go out and do it. So if you sat there thinking, no, it's okay for him, just get out and, and do it, guys. Learn what you're doing, first of all. Then you don't make the mistakes that I made the first time I tried to do it. And then just go and take the action and do it. And you, and you can do it, absolutely.
And I went through this whole mindset. And I always think mindset is so huge in property. It's not just about the knowledge. It's also the right mindset. Um, and for, there will be people who have just listened to you say that and they'll go, well, if it was that easy, everyone would do it. What do you say to that mindset? Well, the thing is, there's, there's a saying that people quite often say is, oh, well, that's easier said than done. Well, of course, it's easier said than done, because if it wasn't easier said than done, people would be doing it and not talking about it. <laughs> so absolutely, just, just get on there and do it, you know, and, and by learning and by just following the process, you get more confidence. So at first, yeah, you're going to be worried. You, you're probably going to give me some grief in a minute about the deal that went wrong, because, yeah, I yes. did make mistakes. Of course I did. But you know what? I learned from them and I got more confident. And every every no gets you close to a yes. You either earn or you learn, whichever way you want to word it. I know there's, there's a lot of different ways people put the same information across, shall we say. But that, that's totally true, yeah. If you learn something from it, then it's not wasted. Has it been easy the last couple of years? No. Has but it, it's been worth it. It's been worth it. So Now, let's talk about the bits that weren't easy and the mistakes so tell us about the deal you told me about about a year or so ago yeah. that you um, Irished up. The first one, yeah, the it was the very first one. So it was literally two days after I'd done the no money down training, came back all hyped up. I'd seen this property that was an absolute perfect rent to rent or lease option. So did a little bit, land registry, got the name and address of the lady that owned it because she obviously didn't live there because it was an empty house. Sent her a letter. Obviously, I'd done all the numbers on the deal, so it was going to be a brilliant HMO. Fantastic. She agreed to the lease option deal. I was absolutely over the moon, but it was my first one. So I, said, I thought, oh, do you know what? She's asked me to confirm the offer in writing. I'm just going to put out there to the community on Facebook is this letter that I'm sending to her, is this the right, have I worded it correctly, you know, have I ticked all the boxes, have I done the right thing? However, I made a huge mistake, broke down the, all the financials of the deal, even down to how much money it was going to make me out of it. And then I posted it with the address of the property, not edited, um, onto Facebook, into the communities. Uh, communities. And then somebody went along and obviously made her a slightly better offer and and that was the end of that. So I lost the deal because of my own inexperience and naivety, I would say. So if you're listening to this, right, do not, do not share the details of a deal unless you've got it secured. Solicitors have signed it. You've signed it. The owner has signed it. It's yours. Then share it. And you see it so often. You're posting in, in online, right, where there's tens of thousands of people. And um, you don't know these people, they're total strangers. There, there's some great people online, there's some lovely people, but there's also a few sharks, and you got to be careful. So always protect yourself, always protect the deal. Don't share the content of the deal. He had done all the hard work and then made that one silly mistake. And I love to keep reminding them of it. But by reminding you of it, how much has that, that one mistake, how much has that made you um, smarter as well around um, the next deal, the next deal, the next deal, to really protect it? Yeah, massively. So now, as soon as we get an offer accepted, we may do a video to tell people, oh, we've got this, but we certainly won't be going, doing a live video showing the address or posting as openly. Um, now I'll pick up the phone to, to yourself or one of our other mentors. You remind me, I'm going to share this. I'm not a Kenny Rogers fan, but it just came into my head and I have to share it. 
the Kenny Rogers famous song where it says, don't count your money when you're sitting at the table. Yeah. There's time enough for counting when the dealing's done. He counted his money at the table. So, and he ended up not getting the money, but I'll never remind you of it again. Yeah, I don't believe you. So you've done, you've done lots of stuff. What's next? So what do, what's this? the rest of 2022 have in store for you? What's the plan for 2022? And I guess then what's the longer term plan? Okay, so the plan for this year immediately is to get our first commercial conversion over the line. That's working with Dave. So there's a couple of us in on that one. Uh, we're just speaking to a couple of investors about getting that deal funded. It's got a great GDV, so that's going to be really good and beneficial um, to Dave's SA business as he'll be managing it. So we've got that one. We have got an offering on a big 16-bed uh, HMO, but it's currently 12-bedroom HMO, all en suite, a couple of flats, uh, but there's scope to get a couple of extra rooms in there. So that's really cool. So that's what's on the immediate, they're the, they're the next steps. We're setting up a, a quite a big six-bed SA unit as well at the moment. We're doing a big contractor's house in, putting a pool table in, a big TV on the wall, that sort of stuff. Um, so that's quite cool. So that's the immediate future. Um, grow PPN, try to get that as the biggest networking event in our area. It's the only property networking event in Preston itself that covers the Preston, Blackpool and Fylde area. So we really want to grow that and give some, just some value back to people through that. And then ultimately the long-term plan is just to grow a really sizable portfolio. So it's got to be a hundred plus for me over the next few years and then have the option to stay i love hospitality and i've always been in it but i want to have the option to say okay i don't need to focus on that yep. and then we can choose to spend a bit more time with the kids because having grown up in a business where you work 70 80 hours a week uh, my little girl was four by the time i went flame next she's four already and yeah. couldn't take paternity leave or anything because we were busy in a pub we got people wanting feeding with property, you've got the option to to have that sort of bit more family time and spend a bit more time with the family. So that's what the long-term view is for me. Cool. Now, you mentioned GDV there. So for anyone listening and you're maybe new to property, GDV is gross development value. So when you buy a building, it's always start with the end in mind, work out the end value, the gross development value. Then you deduct your profit, deduct your costs, so finance, fees, refurb, and that would give you your maximum purchase price. You still want to try and get it for less than that, but you reverse engineer the process. So um, that was what he means by GDV. Also, um, you're doing, you mentioned there's some stuff that might blow people's minds in like commercial conversions and 12-bed properties and large SAs and HMOs and stuff. Um, for anyone who's right at the beginning and thinking, whoa, that's really big. Did you start the first deal, two deals, three deals with that size project or what would you advise people to start with? No, absolutely not. So first HMO was a three-bed end of terraced house that we literally converted to a four-bed by using one of the two reception rooms. Um, that's the perfect place to start with HMOs, in my opinion. You can do rent-to-rents on that sort of property as well. You know, they're nice, they're nice and easy. They're still really profitable. And actually, 12 months ago, I wouldn't have been looking at a 12-bed, two-flat, going to be a 16-bed all on suite HMO was actually a hotel formerly. Um, and it just wouldn't have entered my head to do it. So you start small, you know, we've got a couple of single lets, we've done a tenant buyer. So we've, we've done a few different strategies, worked out what we enjoy, what I enjoy, what works as well. And then actually you, you can get bigger and bigger. 
you know, we've, there's an office building that we'd love to convert into, we'd probably get 96 or so apartments in from doing a really quick calculation. And actually, you know what, we're not going to start with that one. That's why we've got the offering on this bank and we're going to make it eight apartments because yeah. we'll start with that and then, but we'll definitely get to those 99 apartment office blocks. Absolutely, we will do. Awesome. So really appreciate you coming on, Martin. For anyone who, obviously you've got Progressive Property Networking event in Preston. For anyone who's looking to maybe follow you, hear a bit more about you, keep in touch with you, how can they find you? Uh, the best thing is just look for Martin Sanson on Facebook. Search for me in the Progressive Property community. You'll see the post that I've put in there. That's the easiest way because I don't post much as a business because I believe property is a very much people business. So actually what you get is me not some sort of corporate image that doesn't really exist or it's a bit too faceless. So just search Martin Sanderson on Facebook. I'm more than happy to connect with anyone. Awesome. Really appreciate you coming on. So you've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. Remember, out every single Tuesday, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been amazing. He's been Martin Sanderson. And I'll see you next week.